0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Pet Human Tales. My name is Tess and I am your host. I'm a mother of four boys, two humans, and two English setters. I'm a photographer with a focus in pet photography and I am now a podcaster. I've brought you this podcast to help share the stories of both humans and pets and the remarkable things that they can do. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, I am interviewing Tori Mystic of Wear Wag Repeat. Tori is a dog mom blogger. She also has a shop of all things dog mom on her website, Wear Wag Repeat. And she also has two seven-year-old labs. In this episode, we talk about all things dog mom, of course. We chat about different things in her life that have led her to loving animals that have led her to her career now of being a blogger we talk about how she grew her instagram and social media following what that life looks like and we also share some really fun stories including how she adopted her special needs chocolate lab bert and i am a little biased i've met him a few times and he's pretty much the cutest along with lucy I just can't say enough good things about them, and they are such a fun family to get to know. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to reach out to Tori at the end, I will leave the links to her social media pages as well as the link to her website in the show notes. Enjoy! Today's episode is sponsored by Ken Crispin of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Ken is a realtor and a licensed assistant with the Chuck Swadinsky team. If you are local to the Pittsburgh area and need help buying or selling your home, you may call or text Ken at 724 679 7799 or email him at kcrispin at tprsold.com. I will also have this information in the show notes. Lori, for joining us today. I am just going to go ahead and jump in to the first question that I have. Sounds good. Yeah, and I ask this to everyone. Maybe people are getting sick of it, but maybe not. But I think it's a good place to start. So um, obviously, this podcast is about pet and human. So I always like to start out with you and what you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Yeah, sure. Um, so I have found myself here in the pet industry, which is not where I thought I would be like even a year ago. I, I only just kind of started saying that I work in the pet industry pretty recently. Um, I started my blog, Where Wag Repeat, about seven years ago. And when I started it, it was really just a creative outlet. It, it was very much like a lifestyle blog. You know, if I had a party, I would do a post about like the DIY Pinterest-inspired decorations I made (laughs) and, like, the Pinterest-inspired ombre birthday cake that I baked that was kind of a Pinterest fail. (laughs) Um, But I would, like... I would just kind of document like anything and everything. It was very lifestyle-y. And then as I was doing that, of course, my dogs were a huge part of my life. And at the time, I had my old dog, Lola, who was also a chocolate lab. And I had Lucy and she was just a puppy when I first started. So um, I I guess Lucy was kind of the inspiration for why I started because I was taking tons of pictures of her and, um, you know... You can't resist taking pictures of, like, your new puppy. It's just so exciting. Oh, and, um, yeah, and so I started I started just doing more and more dog posts, and I started to notice that people liked those posts more than anything else, and they got more comments and more views and just more excitement around them than anything else. And, um, you know, just gradually I – started to notice that and started to do more and more dog stuff. And then about three years ago, I decided, um, to really take my blog seriously as a business instead of a hobby. And I went under a whole like branding process with a designer who designed my current website, what it looks like now and my logo and my colors. And that is when I really would say like my, my career as a blogger started. Yeah. I love that. And so for some context, seven years ago, gosh, was Instagram just coming out back then? Yeah. Instagram was very new. And, um, I, so I've always been really interested in fashion. I've always loved fashion and I used to plan fashion shows and I can sew, and I just love the whole world of it. Um, so, like seven, eight years ago, whatever, my older sister worked for a PR firm in New York and Instagram was like really new then. And I remember her saying to me one day, cause I used to get dressed up. I was, um, I think I was getting my master's degree or I, I don't, I don't remember. I was in college or something. And, um, I would get dressed up to go to school every day in college. And like most people wear sweatpants and I was like putting together an outfit. And so my older sister who was working in PR, she's like, there are these people on the internet who are just posting pictures of themselves in their outfits. (laughs) Uh, Like you should do that. People would like it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's like, that's kind of how I started doing that. And I think that's how like the whole wear, wag, repeat concept combining style and dogs sort of came together because I would, um, I started out really taking like outfit photos, and then I would have my dogs with me. But um, as everyone knows, I have chocolate labs. So they're not your typical fashion shoot dog. You know, it's not like a little purse dog. Um, so I thought that kind of made it fun and and different. I love that. That's what um, it's so funny, because with how, which, how she described Instagram, I guess, because they yeah. always say, like, when you're in social media, if you own a business, you should always be prepared for like the next big platform. And that's so terrifying to me, because it's like, you finally just learn the ins and outs of one. And it's amazing to think like what they're even going to come out with next. So I know. TikTok. I guess that's yeah. not even new anymore. But um, I, I have tried, but I just can't. I'm not good enough to make TikTok <laughs> videos. <laughs> um, so going back a little bit, where did you go to school then? And what did you study in school?
1: So yeah. So,
0: um, in co- so in college, I actually, um, when I graduated high school, I took a year off and I worked here in Pittsburgh at... Um, there's a building downtown called one Oxford center and it's an office building. But at the time the first four floors were retail and back in the day, like 30 years ago, there actually was a Gucci store in there and it was like a really high fashion luxury kind of shopping destination. Um, But when I, when I worked there um, the year after high school, it was um, you know, more tip there was a florist and a chocolate shop and it was just kind of more typical kind of gifty shops Um, And there was one, there was one really high fashion, awesome boutique there still. But anyhow, I worked there for a year to kind of foster my love of style and, and I was already interested in marketing at that time. And um, in that year off, I was like persuading my mother (laughs) to let me go to school in London. And there was a school there called London College of Fashion and they had a program for fashion promotion and at the time that was the only school in the world other than a school in Italy but it was all Italian so I couldn't go there. (laughs) Um, This school in London was the only one in the world that offered a fashion promotion like basically a fashion marketing course. Um, At the time like FIT didn't really have anything specifically that it was more like merchandising or design or something Um, and so I applied and I got in and my mom let me go. Um, so I went to school in London for a year and it was really, really cool. We had, you know, guest speakers from Vogue and, um, our, our school was like right in the central like retail district. It was pretty amazing. Um, but I was kind of homesick and it was hard to be away from my dog and from my family and everybody. So I came back home and I went to school at Duquesne university and I went for marketing. Um, and then a couple of years later, I went back and got my master's degree in digital media. Okay. Wow. So you have like a couple of different things, but it all kind of ties together. Yeah. In, in I'm sorry. Answer. That was a very long answer to a very <laughs> <laughs> easy <No>. question, but <laughs> it's so interesting. And maybe I'm more interested in it because I worked in higher education. So I'm always yeah, interested that's right. to where they are and I think it is interesting though, like how what you studied all kind of does tie into what you do now on your blog. So it really does. Yeah. And when I um, went back and got my master's degree, I went because um, I graduated my undergrad and then I went um, out looking for a job. I got a job, but I hated it. And so I left and I started doing social media consulting. And um, in that like year, Year or two in between my undergrad and my grad studies, I I started this new business and I discovered that I wanted to know more about um, web design because I was trying to build my own website, um, and I wanted to know more about video production, and so that's why I went back and got my master's specifically because I wanted to learn those skills so I could use them in my business and um, it's funny because that's exactly what I do is like really was worth it. Yeah, I'll say that's awesome. So I guess we'll move on to the most important stuff, which is the dog. Yeah, stuff. I know. Where <laughs> are we to school? is like not that interesting. I'm sorry for rambling. <laughs> on. <out. laughs> I think it is because I always I said this in one of my podcast episodes that it's so interesting. A lot of people in the pet industry actually didn't start out going to school for that or studying that, um, I think, and this is going to be part of my next question. I think animals and pets has always been a passion of most of these people, but I think we all get that pressure to follow maybe what some would consider like a more traditional route or something that will pay the bills for a while until you can do Mm -hmm. what you're actually passionate about. So it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think also a lot of us, myself included, or maybe it's just me, I didn't, this wasn't, not a job like 10 years ago, what I do did not exist. <laughs> so, you know, I think for a lot of us, like we just didn't even know this was an option. Right. Exactly. It kind of just formed. Um, right. And, yeah. It's amazing. Well, so tell us a little bit about where your love for animals came, whether it dates back to childhood or whenever. Um, and also how Bert and Lucy came into your family and you touched on it a little bit already, but. Sure. Um, So I have always loved animals. I was a major animal lover when I was a little kid. We had, we grew up with cats and um, I was definitely the little kid who would dress my cat up in outfits and put her in a stroller and then walk her around the neighborhood. (laughs) I don't know if other people did that, but that's what I did. I um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I there's a, actually a photo of me. I have it downstairs in my kitchen of me uh, doing a painting with one of my cats when I was like, I look like I'm like eight or nine years old on the picture. Oh <laughs> and God. so we had, we'd, I don't know, gotten some kit. It was like paint with your cat. And you like, <laughs> you put your cat's paws in paint and then you just like, put their paws on the paper. I don't know. (laughs) It's a really funny picture, but I'm like, oh yeah, my, uh, I I think it was pretty clear. Like we didn't know that being a dog blogger was an option when I was a kid, but looking back, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, like a precursor to your future. I feel like (laughs) Yeah, the writing was on the wall, I guess, as you, as they say. Um, so, so I've always loved pets. And then we got, um, we got our first lab when I was, in mm, like, I think eighth, ninth grade, something like that. And my aunt had two chocolate labs and she bred them and she, you know, she wanted to breed them. It wasn't like just so that we could get a puppy, but she was interested in doing that. And, um, we got one of her puppies from her litter. So that was really kind of cool to like keep it in the family. And, um, we knew our dogs, mom and dad, and that was really sweet. And then she did a second litter and we ended up getting another dog. And that was my dog Bola, who I had for 13 and a half years. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, it just kind of happened, I I guess, out of my sisters. I have two sisters. And out of them, I was the one who ended up staying in Pittsburgh when I came back to go to Duquesne and uh, was living at home. And so the dog kind of became my dog. And then when I moved out and got my own place, Lola came with me. And she was just – she was always my dog um, ever after that. So um, that was Lola. And when Lola was like seven years old, I – really wanted to start looking for a second dog. And um, you know, to be honest, the reason why I wanted a second dog was cuz I was just afraid of, you know, she was getting older and they don't last forever and I was just afraid of the day when Lola was no longer here and I wanted to have another doggy, you know, to keep me company and then also to, you know, let her enjoy and have fun in her golden years. Right. So when she was like seven, I started looking around for another dog and I looked at all the shelters and everything and I looked all over and... I really wanted another chocolate lab. I've just kind of, that's become my favorite dog. And I was looking all over and there was some beautiful, wonderful dogs, but like no one was really quite the right fit. Um, I, I drove like five hours to somewhere in Virginia to meet this dog. And then I got there and he had kind of like mauled me. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's probably not meant to be. <laughs> um, and so then one day I was hiking in the park and I saw this beautiful English lab and Lola was an English lab as well. So they have kind of like the wavy backs a little bit in the blockier heads. And I saw this beautiful lab in the park and I asked the woman where she got her dog. And she told me it was called Morgan kennels. And I, um, remembered that like until I got home and I could look it up on the computer <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up emailing her and I got on the list for a litter that was coming up in like six months or something like that. And that's how Lucy came into my life. Um, so that was really, really great. And then Mr. Bert um, is just like meant to be – it's just – it's insane. Bert and Lucy are – I think they're soulmates. <laughs> I think the three of us are actually all soulmates together. And um, they're the same age roughly. Bert's a rescue. And he's only been in our family for a year and a half. So I was on Petfinder one day a year and a half ago. And sometimes I go on Pet Finder, since I have a large social media following, sometimes I like to go on there and just look for other chocolate labs and share them to help them find a home. So that is what I planned on doing this one day when I went on there. And I saw Burr and his face, like something about him. I was just really kind of curious. And his bio was like really short. It didn't say much. It said special needs, I think and, um, that he was like six or seven years old, something like that. And that was all it said. And so I called the shelter. It was, uh, action for animals, humane society in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So it's like an hour from where I live and got, I was like, what's the deal with this dog? And someone, you know, was saying, Oh, he's really sweet. You know, I was like, how long has he been there? And I found out he'd been in there for over a year and, um, that his special needs that he had was that he had seizures and they diagnosed him with epilepsy because they were frequent enough to get a diagnosis and he was on medication for it. So whoever adopted him would have to give him medication every 12 hours, pretty much forever. But that he was really, really awesome. And then the the part that got me was they said he doesn't get a lot of visitors, and that was like the saddest thing it makes me cry even just I'm thinking start, about it now I know I think I might start for her bird it is the saddest thing ever and then they were like he you know he also was like kind of intense when he plays so we don't He doesn't get to play with other dogs. Like, we put him out in the dog run by himself. And I was like, oh, my God. So, um... You're like, come to mama, Bert. So, I went out. That was on, like, Saturday or Sunday. I talked to them. I went out on Tuesday, and I met him. And we spent some time together in, like, the meet and greet room. And, yeah, he was bouncing off the walls. (laughs) Yes, he was, like, jumping up and, like, opening the door. (laughs) (laughs) But... As a lifelong lab owner, I just know what labs are like. And I just could see this dog and I could look in his eyes and just be like, he needs a lot of exercise. If I could get this dog out for a hike and run around and, you know, play and get him on, like, the right diet because his coat was all messed up, um, get him on, like, the right diet and everything. And with all my resources through blogging, I thought I could find experts in canine epilepsy. And I was like, this is just meant to be, I think. Um, So... I applied to adopt him and they approved it on the condition that he meet Lucy. So I brought Lucy out two days later. I'm sorry. This is such a long story. <laughs> no, I love this story. I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I brought Lucy out two days later. And when I get there, they're like, oh, you know, he's done meeting greets before that haven't gone well. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> and so um they brought him out in the yard and so they could kind of meet on like neutral territory and what's wonderful about lucy is that she is kind of aloof and she kind of like ignores a lot of other dogs so we get out there and bert's like sniffing her and nudging her and getting in her face a little bit and she's just like sniffing the wall (laughs) (laughs) so disinterested but she's like whatever (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like holding my breath and I like looked at the person from the shelter. I'm like, I think it's going well, don't you think? And they're like, yeah, it really is. Like they were surprised how well it was going. Um, And so, so that was that. And then um, when we were ready to take him home, someone came out, one of the shelter staff came out and they handed me like four huge prescription pill bottles. (laughs) my gosh and they were like he takes eight of these a day and three of these a day and I was like what (laughs) what did I just sign up for like welcome to your (laughs) new life (laughs) like I knew he took pills but I didn't know it was like 11 pills a day so um so that is the story of how uh how the three of us ended up together That is adorable, and that is truly a story of soulmates, because I noticed when you said you you went to meet the one dog, and it was, like, bouncing all over you, which is, you know, you can tell that's just not meant to be, but then you went to see Bert, and it was like, here's this dog that has epilepsy, and he's not very well trained, and this and that, and you were like, okay, I'll take him, like, (laughs) I just think you, you feel, like, a connection with some dogs, and you just know, like, they're meant to be yours, so... It's true. And, and it's amazing the progress that Bert has made. I can't believe we've only had him for a year and a half because like him and Lucy, like within the first month of bringing him home, they were cuddling on the couch together. And like, it's just amazing. I I feel like we're, we've, we're, we're all meant to be together really. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you about that. And, um, if you have anyone, if you don't, that's fine. But I always ask, Have you been training Bert then? Because he seems so well-behaved to me whenever I see him. And if you use someone, who do you use just in case anyone listening is local to Pittsburgh? Yeah, thank you. Um, Bert has made tremendous progress. And when I first got him, I immediately enrolled in group training class at the dog stop in the strip district. And there's um, there's a trainer there. His name is Brett Reynolds. And he actually used to work at Misty Pines which is a pretty well-known dog facility uh, in the Pittsburgh area. And that's where I had Lucy trained when she was a puppy. So I actually, I was just, because since it's like the new decade, I was looking back at the past decade of like Facebook posts. <laughs> and I found a picture of Lucy when she was only, I think she wasn't even a year old. She might have been like right around a year. A picture of her with our trainer, Brett at Misty Pines. And, um, so I've literally, I've known him for about eight years and he's just an amazing dog trainer. And, um, just the way he describes things makes a lot of sense to me. And I just really like his style and, and my dogs absolutely love him. Lucy loves Brett so much. Um, so, so we started taking group classes with him. Um, I started taking Bert there and then, um, you know, after doing five or six group classes, then I just kind of continued training him on my own. And, um, and recently I've gotten into like teaching them more little tricks like shake or spin or rollover and things like that. And it's just, it's really fun to see how smart he is and how he picks it all up. Yeah. I love that. It it is amazing. I think training takes a lot of patience, but I truly believe after like going through it with my own dogs, how much better it makes them mentally. And I told you this the other day, just our dog who has anxiety, it totally just makes him a whole different dog when we train him and spend the time with him and he gets to use his brain. So. Yeah. And I, think like Lucy, What if if we do like a 15 or 20 minute training session and she's having a lot of fun, she just gets a sparkle in her eye that that she doesn't get if we're just like going on a walk or just like sitting around all day. So you can see what a difference it makes for them. Yes, I agree. And when I think as – owners as well. When you dedicate yourself to it, just like anything, it takes practice. But I have started to enjoy it more. I read a lot on it now and I actually look forward to training them and reading more books on it. It's like one of those things where once you get into the habit of it, it actually becomes really fun for you as well. So yeah. Can I make a recommendation just to whoever's listening? Yeah. Um, There's an app it's called pupper school. It's P U P P R or you can look it up too. Tess, test, of course. Yeah. Um, but pepper school and it's, um, a collaboration and with, Whoever created the app and then the kind of featured dog trainer who's in it is Sarah from the Super Collies that they were on America's Got Talent. Yes, I have that app. I was wondering if that was the one you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was like one of the like early users of that app and I was just looking at it the other day and they've added so many new features and so many new tricks and new demonstrations and things like that. But it will teach you like basic, very basic obedience, like sit, stay down, etc. Um, but then they also have all these fun like circus tricks and there's one that I um, it's like on my bucket list of put your toys away (laughs) (laughs) which I'm not sure that we're ever gonna get that seems like expert level Um, but you know that's you I guess you can dream (laughs) I know it's funny I for sure dream, I'll be unloading the groceries and Wesson will be sitting there. And he's a little, he catches on a little bit faster than Oakley when it comes to training. And I'll just show him the grocery bag. Meanwhile, we're not even to like advanced stuff at all. And I'll just be like, Hey, are you going to carry this in? Like here, just, just grab it with your teeth. And he's just staring at me like, what is wrong with you? But <laughs> I think the grocery carrying is probably my dream. And I just that don't, be nice. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get there. So Um, yeah, that's awesome. I will write that in the show notes for anyone who is interested. So that's a really good tip. So you and I connected. Well, I connected with you on Instagram. I think I saw a blog. Oh, I know. I looked up and this is so great. Anyone living in the Pittsburgh area and also see if there's something like this for the area that you are living in. I looked up events in Pittsburgh this summer that I could go to with my dog. And you had written an article on it, so I found your blog and your Instagram account and started connecting with you that way. Um, so can you just go into a little bit more about the content that you share on your Instagram account and your blog? Um, and I know you also have the uh, where wag, repeat handle as well. And you, I heard you say earlier that you've been doing it for seven years. So I would love to hear about that period of time where you started out. And I think the seven-year mark is like you've been in it for a long time. And it's that early time when people really give up if they're trying to make, you know, the social media blogging world a lifestyle or a career. And I feel like early on, you probably had to experience a lot of difficult times and to stick with it for seven years is huge. So if you could talk on that a little bit too. Yeah. It definitely is a long game that you're playing when it comes to blogging or social media. I think a lot of people think that people are overnight successes when really they've been working for like their entire life <laughs> to get where yeah. they are. Right. Um, you know, so so with my blog, I mean, it started as like a hobby. And then, um, when I started, decided to take it more seriously, um, that was just a couple of years ago. And then actually I only went full time with my blog a year ago. So in February, 2018 is when I quit my last social media client. And, um, I mean, for, for about five years, I had like four jobs, (laughs) I did social media marketing. I had wear, wag, repeat. I was the director of a local chamber of commerce for a a local neighborhood. And then I also did acting and modeling and commercials on the side. So I was very busy for four or five years when I did all of those things at one time. um, And then as my blog started to get more traction and I started to make more money doing it, I would kind of slowly drop off clients here or there um, to get to, you know, so that I could have, it it was really hard to balance like time and money Um, because those are both like you have limited amount of time and you also have to make a certain amount of money in order to pay your bills so it was really kind of a balancing act for me um to figure out you know how who can I drop who which clients take up more time and pay me less versus which ones take less time and effort and pay me more and it was just like such a juggling act to figure it all out to get to this point where now I do wear whack repeat full time so so don't give up um you know, and even I have started new ventures within where wag repeat. So I started my online store about a year and a half ago, right before I got burnt, as a matter of fact. And, um, my first year or my first, like 2018, when I started, I was only open for a couple of months. So I didn't sell a whole lot of stuff. Um, and then I was just running all my numbers to see like how far I had come this year. Um, And so in 2019, you know, my sales grew a little bit, but it wasn't really steady. I mean, I didn't make a lot of money. I wasn't getting orders every day by any means or anything like that. So, you know, it takes time. And I'm just starting to see now after having the online store open for a year and a half, you know, getting picked up for features on blogs or people linking to my products or, you know, some local publication, did a little feature on, you know, dog businesses, and they included my store. Um, so it, it just, it takes a lot of time to build up that traction. Uh, and even if you have a site, like my site's been around for seven years, the shop is new. So, you know, that now is like the little baby thing that has to grow up. Um, and I'm sure I'll start something else brand new this year or next year that will also take like five more years to grow up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like through all of this, I'm sure there was a lot of rejection and things like that, too. So were there moments where you questioned what you were doing and got frustrated? Yeah, all the time. Like even now, I'm like, like, how do I make money again? (laughs) Exactly. Um, you know, but it all works out and somehow it all adds up. You just got to like hustle and, um, I get a lot of no's, but I think if you're not getting any no's, then you're either not charging enough or you're not pitching enough. Um, you know, so I think getting no's is a, is not a bad thing. It means that you tried. <laughs> um right. you put yourself out there. You know, silence would mean that you didn't try and that would that would be a failure. But if you're getting a no, it means that you at least tried and you put yourself out there to, you know, try and succeed and um and reach your dreams. So, I I reach out to tons and tons of brands to do collaborations or sponsorships or be involved in an event I'm working on or cover me for something they're writing about or whatever. And I get a lot of no's, but the few yeses that I do get are what makes it all kind of happen. Yeah. I think that's so inspiring. And I recently just switched to taking on my pet photography business full time. And, you know, luckily my family and I are in a place where we have the means to do that, where I can have some comfort in growing it Mm -hmm. still and making it more successful. But I feel like I am working 20 times harder than I ever did at my job at a university. But I also feel like 20 times happier just because I'm more fulfilled. So it's like I'm putting in a lot more work, making a lot less money, but I'm doing something I love and hopefully it'll pay off someday down the road. But I feel like the, I mean, obviously you can't just like live off of nothing, but fulfillment right. is like so important. And it was so scary to make that jump. And I have not regretted it so far since <laughs> I'm a little new into it, but so far, no regrets. So. I think you're killing it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a huge success. It's just about like sticking with it and just being smart about stuff. And I mean, I think you have such a such a wonderful approach to how you do things, and your photos, you know, speak for themselves, and you know that's what matters. Yeah, no, but yeah. So you're it's just so inspiring to hear other people's experiences, and to know that you're not waking up. I mean, I would love it if you were, but you're not waking up to thirty emails a day, like Tori. Tori, <laughs> ask do this for us and do that for us. I think people look at successful or people with a lot of followers on Instagram and think that you're just sitting in bed. And people are just like throwing money at you <laughs> while you update your Instagram <laughs> account. Not No, the that's, case, that's what the dogs do. The dogs just <laughs> sit in bed and people throw free food at them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, speaking of dogs, so with your content, I love the content you provide on your account and on your blog post. I get a lot of my local information about dog stuff from there. Um, so how do you how do you run your day-to-day life? I mean, are you posting stuff about your dogs all day? Tell everyone who's listening kind of how you keep up with your content, how you include your dogs in it and what your life looks like with the three of you for that. Yeah, sure. So I'm very lucky to work from home and and be with my dogs all day, every day. Um, So anytime we have to be apart, it's like separation. I have separation anxiety. They're probably like (laughs) Thank God, we need a break. <laughs> um, get the camera out of our faces. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I I usually try to plan my content out in advance as much as I can, because you just I'm gonna get better photos and I'm gonna have better captions if I can plan it out in advance and not be rushed. Um, That being said, I do sometimes post stuff in the moment because I think it's important to be authentic. I feel like if I plan everything out in advance, um, even though my followers haven't seen it yet, I've been staring at it for a month or two (laughs) and like, I think it looks stale, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that excitement doesn't come across in my voice you know i don't know um so it's kind of a mix so i'll work with people like you to come and photograph uh me and the dogs together And that's primarily what I use as my resource for photos that have me in them. And then for photos of just the dogs, I take a lot of those myself. Um, And then sometimes I do photos of all three of us together using like a self-timer. And then on my Instagram stories is where it's really like the Tori, Bert, and Lucy show. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Instagram stories are really important to – uh, your engagement. I mean, they're not really important in the world, but they're very important to your engagement on Instagram. And um, I try to have stories up all the time. Um, and they expire in 24 hours. That means pretty much every single day I'm doing something on Instagram stories. Um, like just today I looked at my account and I was like, Oh, I haven't posted on my stories today. And I was, I was eating carrots and hummus and I would like eat a carrot and then I would give the dogs a carrot. (laughs) I was like, that's kind of funny. So I posted on my Instagram stories and shared a little story about how, um, Lucy always hated vegetables until Bert came along, and Bert will eat literally anything. And so Lucy started to feel like she was missing out on something. So now she'll eat whatever Bert eats, pretty much. Oh my god! Um, and so sharing like that simple, like we were already doing this. I didn't set it up specially. We were already having a snack together. And I just shared that little story and I had like, you know, a handful of people reply to me already saying, oh my God, the same thing happened with my dog. She wouldn't eat anything until we rescued this other one. And it's just, it, you know, it's that kind of stuff that like helps people relate to you and, um, you know, builds builds a good relationship with all your followers. Yes, I agree. I think that's the best part. And I'm going to ask you this next is definitely connecting with people, um, like-minded people, too. That's always great when you find someone. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're just like me. I know. (laughs) So with that, what are some positives of the social media world that you've experienced and some negatives? Well, I think the positives for me far outweigh the negatives. Um, The positives would be just this amazing group of dog bombs that I have met, you know, I think that um, like I am 33 years old and, you know, I think we all get to a point in our lives where you maybe like lose contact or outgrow some of your old friends or people get married and have kids and you kind of like lose track of each other. And so I think it's really common for a lot of people who are like around my age to not have that many friends to do stuff with like you, you're obviously still friends with people, but you're lacking in people to do things with. And that's really been where the like local and even national dog mom pack on Instagram has really kind of saved me over the last couple of years, there's an amazing group of local Pittsburgh dog moms that we, um, connected through our dogs, Instagrams, and then created a Facebook page where we all connect and like share event listings, the things we want to go to. And we've actually ended up hosting meetups and dog brunches. And we've did a panel discussion at the Pittsburgh pet expo together. And we did photo shoots together and, um, they've become like amazing friends. We now go on hikes with our dogs and pack walks and all these things. And it's just, it's really, really cool. And it's all, I would not have met any of these women or their dogs without Instagram. And the same thing when I'm traveling, if I go on a road trip or even if I fly across the country, I reach out to my Instagram friends in whatever city I'm going to, and I'll meet up with them and their dogs. (laughs) I love that. Like there are dogs, um, who I want to meet, who like, I will plan a special trip to go to their city just to meet them. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, and that's like the really cool thing about our little corner of the internet. I think Instagram's not like that for everyone, but just for the dog, the dog world, you know, I'm not the only one who does that. I see people post on Instagram all the time that like their followers came to meet them and it's just really cool. Um, I guess, yeah, like the negatives, um, that I see, and this is just specific to like the dog world, the dog, the, uh, what someone called it, like the dog park of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Is that, um, the only downside is that people can be very, very critical of you if they think you're doing something that is not safe. Or that they wouldn't recommend for your dog. And obviously you shouldn't do things that aren't safe. But a lot of times people are just super judgy about things. Um, when I first rescued Bert. He. Um, the shelter was like. Oh you have to walk him with this prong collar. Because he. Otherwise you won't be able to handle him. And I was like. Oh my gosh. Like okay. Yeah. I don't know how. How does it even work? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, And so they showed me how to like clip it on and off and whatever. And for the first like three days at home, I I walked him with the prong collar on because they were like, he's out. You're not going to be able to handle it. He's out of control or whatever. And I was just scared. So I so I used it and I, you know, of course I'm posting all these pictures of my new dog and I was so excited and people like came for me on the internet, like how horrible prong collars are and this and that. And I I did a bunch of research on it and, and I mean, it just depends, like like a lot of things it just depends on how you use them. You could use, you can use a lot of things in a bad way and make them dangerous, but if you use them the right way, it's not dangerous. Um, and that applies to a lot of things. So... Um, so yeah, so that was just kind of like an example and there and there's other little things. Like if you're feeding a type of like if you give your dog a milk bone, you know, I, I have older posts on my blog that have milk bones in recipes for like pup popsicles, like doggy popsicles. And someone like attacked me in the comments because milk bones are poison. <laughs> and, you know, I think people can just be like super dramatic and super critical. And, you know, what's important is that we learn a little bit more every day and we're all just doing our best. So, you know, take it easy on people is kind of what I try to tell everyone. <laughs> I agree. And I used to always, these days, I'm uh, working with college students, uh, college students are trying to think of how to say this a lot more passionate these days than they used to be about, you know, getting their opinion across and just what they stand for. And I always used to teach the students I worked with, you never get a point across by being aggressive or by putting someone else down and making them feel bad for doing something. At the end of the day, most of the time, we're all just doing our best and just you know, maybe aren't educated on certain things if in a certain situation and you can't educate someone by yelling at them. And if they are doing something bad intentionally, then you're still not going to make them stop by yelling at them. So I just really don't think I agree. I just don't think it's the best way to communicate with someone. And I would be so much more open to someone if they wrote me a message and was like, hey, the way you're walking your dog Uh, could be done better. Like there's this really great Mm -hmm. method I want to share with you, but you know, it's just take it or leave it. It's information. If they approached it that way, absolutely. I'd be so open to it. But when people start getting really hard on you, it just makes you even less receptive. So. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think as long as you're not hurting your dog, you know, like you said, we're all doing our best. Exactly. I Like I said, I read a lot of training books and I'm reading a book right now and she's very, she has a very strong opinion about certain training methods, but she even says in the book, I used to use the ones I do not like, just so you all know, like I'm admitting I used to do it. I'm not perfect. I've learned what's better and I'm now doing what's better. But at some point in my life, I didn't know. And that's, you know, I I only knew what I knew and I've educated myself and this is where I'm at now. And so I think that's just what life is all about. So yeah, there's like a Maya Angelou. I think I heard Oprah say, I think Maya Angelou told it to Oprah. And it was something like, like now, now before I didn't know, now I know. And I don't, it's something like that. And it's just like, you don't know until you know. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen that one too. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the, the human mom world is just as bad, if not worse about that. So I'm trapped both ways. Like some ways <laughs> I feel like the dog mom world, I can escape from some of the woes of the human mom world and the topics I'm sick of hearing about, but that one, both worlds, you just get ripped apart no matter what you do. So yes. Yeah. Eh, oh well cranky cranky people we'll just keep posting nice stuff and then hopefully that will kind of outweigh the cranky stuff yeah we'll be the positive lights in the dog world (laughs) (laughs) well so kind of bringing things to a close what advice do you have for anyone listening that may want to start a dog Instagram account whether it be just for personal use and fun and hobby or if they do actually want to try to make a living off of it Uh, So I think like my, my best and simplest piece of advice is to just start, just do it. Um, you know, so many people say, Oh, I had this idea and I really want to do that, but I haven't gotten around to it. Just like take your Sunday night and sign up for WordPress and figure it out. There's 8 million tutorials on the internet about how to do everything. I'm talking about a blog. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of jumped ahead. I realized that halfway through my sentence, but, um, you know, if you want to start an Instagram, that's super easy. If you want to start a blog, it's a few more steps, but there are a million billion tutorials online on how to do everything. Um, and, and the most important thing is to just start. It doesn't have to be perfect at the beginning. You don't have to know everything. Like w- what we just said, you can't, you can't be perfect at the beginning. You learn as you go. So it's better to just like, just put it out there. You know, my very first blog post on where I repeat was like, uh, introducing myself and kind of laying out what my manifesto for what I was going to post about. And it's so funny to me to go back and read it because it says, this is not the kind of blog where you're going to see dogs wearing outfits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here we are seven years later. There's a lot of outfits. <laughs> That's so funny. I hate, I cringe when I read old Tess stuff that I used to write. <laughs> <It's the> worst. <laughs> It's so funny, Uh, but you know, like I'm not going to delete that post because it's, it's part of like the journey of wear wag repeat. And uh, I think it's, I think it's fun. I don't, I don't ever want everything to be perfect. I like things to be kind of rough around the edges and imperfect anyhow. So um, so I would advise you to kind of embrace that as well. Whoever's listening and um, just, just go for it. Just start it. And when you start it, tag me on Instagram so I can check it out. Well, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I know I've been through this and things in my life that I've tried to, to start or things I'm passionate about that didn't go where I wanted them to. So, like what was your why getting started? and what's gonna like what would push someone to keep writing and keep sharing if no one's reading it? Like you can tell no one's reading it, no one's responding. How do you keep going? It is really hard, especially nowadays, people don't really um comment on blogs. So it's important to have like a Google Analytics installed so you can tell if people are going to your site whether they're commenting or not commenting. But even if that says that like only your mom and your aunt are reading it, <laughs> <laughs> um that's okay. I think that like what you said you need a why, you need a purpose behind it to kind of keep you going even in those early days when like nobody is looking at what you're doing. Um and I think that, you know, I on my podcast, I've interviewed almost 100 women in the pet industry. And I think what it comes down to is that all of us have just a passion for our pets, for our dogs and for animals. And I think that what has helped me and and the other people that I've talked to who are successful is niching down to something really specific. So like for me, everything that I do is geared towards stylish dog moms specifically ones who have big dogs um, and you know helping people live a more joyful life alongside their dog and so I know that doesn't sound super specific but but it is because you know there, I don't really post at all about raw feeding because I don't know anything about that I don't post that much about obedience training because I'm not a dog trainer um you know I don't really post about, adventure trips and hiking and stuff. Cause I just go on like little baby hikes. <laughs> right. Um, so it's really important to like figure out what, where your expertise is to hone in on that. Um, and, and spend some time like actually journaling and writing down and seeing like who exactly are you writing for or Instagramming for and what is your purpose behind it? And it can just be like a passion for dogs or maybe just want to share your experience. Maybe, um, you went through something difficult and you want to help other people who might be going through the same situation. There's so many different reasons, but you do have to kind of figure out what your reason is in order to have the motivation to keep doing it. Awesome. I love that. And it's such good advice that you don't have to know everything. Like you can just love dogs and know your dogs to get started and just go from there. Sorry to cut it off a little abruptly. Tori and I said our goodbyes shortly after we ended in that spot. I just wanted to be conscious of everyone's time since this episode was getting a little longer, but I really hope you enjoyed our conversation together. It's so interesting to hear what Tori has to share about not only being a dog mom, but sharing her life as a dog mom with the entire world. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Hi again, I just quickly wanted to let everyone know that my pet photography business, Sutter Marie Photography, is now booking sessions for the new year in 2020. We are so excited for the new decade. We already have some really fun and exciting sessions booked and I cannot wait to share those photos with you. If you are looking for more information to book a session, whether it's how much a session costs, What the process is like, or what type of sessions you can book, you can look up my website and visit us at www.settermarie.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy.